Good morning. You may be seated. Does anybody know what next Sunday is? Daylight savings time. Yes, that, that's correct. That means that the, uh, the 11 o'clock service next week on your biological clock will take place at 10. So just sit a little earlier and God will give you grace. Uh, today at 3.30 is your last chance to see Sabrina Fair, and it is a wonderful show. It's a delightful show. So I, uh, I hope that if you haven't seen it, that you'll get to come and see it. Uh, also, I need to do one other thing before I move on in here. We have a couple of special guests with us this morning. When I first came to the church here, uh, uh, it, we were a lot smaller church, and we supported exactly three missionaries at that time. And this was... Um, I, the numbers, I, 27 years ago, almost 27 years ago. And uh, anyway, uh, we still support one of those missionary couples. Uh, one has gone on to be with the Lord and the other, another has retired. But uh, Kelly and Cindy Robinette uh, have been missionaries that have been representing us now for close to three decades. Well, would you guys stand and, and, and just welcome them uh, this morning? Yeah. Southeast Asia. Yeah, they, uh, now, you know, I've been on the mission field and, and far be it for me to denigrate anybody, but there are missionaries and there are missionaries and these people are missionaries. I mean, they, they have, um, um, a children's home and just all kinds of ways that they are ministering to people in the name of Jesus. And so they're precious people. If you get a chance, uh, try and try and talk to them after the service. Uh, we're in a series this year. Uh, about living drenched, how to live drenched. We uh, live drenched is one of the um, um, logos, trademarks, I guess, that we have of the church here. And we decided, well, we ought to just tell people how to do it uh, rather than to say do it. And right now we're in, a, we're in a series about how to live drenched in the home. And last week we talked about marriage and a successful Christian marriage isn't just one that lasts a long time. A successful Christian marriage is, isn't just one where the husband and wife can still stand each other after a couple of decades. A successful Christian marriage is one that creates a positive feedback spiral in people's lives and they're able to grow and become more than they could possibly be otherwise. Uh, today, we're going to talk about how to be a great husband. Yeah, you just wait. Okay, would you stand with me and let's read a, a passage of scripture that we read last week, but you may not still remember it. <laughs> submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In this same way, Husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife 
loves himself. After all, no one ever hated their own body, but they feed and care for their body, just as Christ does the church. For we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I am talking about Christ and the church. However, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. Father, I thank you for the for the, the truth that's in your word and the power that's in your word, and I thank you for the ability to change. I thank you for the presence of the Holy Spirit here. I pray that you would anoint our ears to, to hear what you want to say to us and, and give us understanding in our hearts and empower us, Lord God, to be the, the people you have called us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I married a wise woman, and uh, stop lusting for my bow tie. She married me in spite of it, and uh, I, you know, I saw, uh, as I was looking for graphics and things to, to go with the sermon this week, I saw a, 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 a little poster that I had never seen before. I thought, this, this it's pretty cool. It had a real geeky looking guy on it. Uh, I, uh, you know, kind of like that guy in Jurassic Park that got eaten. Uh, uh, it was that kind of geeky looking guy. And, and the poster said, uh, choose her for her gameplay, not her graphics. Yeah, I thought that. Hey, there you go. Uh, and I want to tell you today, because not all of you are husbands, right? And not all of you are going to be husbands. Uh, those of you who are, well, let, let's back up. Those of you who are women. <laughs> you know, if you, if you got a husband, at least now, you're, after today, you're really going to know what's missing. And you'll be able to tell him. <laughs> yeah, I have. A, yeah, I hope that goes. Let me know how that works out for you. Uh, and those of you who don't have a husband, but may have one someday, you'll know what to look for. Every now and then, you know, you'll hear somebody say, man, I wish somebody had told me. I'm telling you. I'm telling you today. Okay. Uh, now you guys, those of you who, who aren't husbands, but you know, you may possibly be someday, you know, it's never too late. Uh, this is what you're going to be signing on for. And those of you who are husbands, nobody bats a thousand, but let me tell you, you can change. It's not hard. It might be, it's, it's hard, but it's simple. Okay, so now I, I married a wise woman, and um, and I discovered that fairly early on. Um, one of my best friends in college was a guy named Michael Stewart, and I loved Michael. Uh, he's he's no longer with us, but uh, Michael was just somebody that I I felt connected to at the heart. You know how that is. And while Margaret and I were engaged, we'd go over a few times and had had dinner with Michael and, and his wife Andrea. And Michael and I, we'd mess with each other. I, you know, I like, I like being able to mess with somebody. And we'd mess with each other. And, and part of our messing with each other is we'd call each other boy. You know, we'd go, yeah, boy. You know, that's what we'd call it. And just that way, you know, that, that's, that's how we kind of do it because we're cool. And uh, so, you know, we, we'd do that with each other. And 
after a couple of times, I don't remember if it was the second time or the third time that we'd gone over there, we, we, I remember getting in the car with Margaret, and uh, I was feeling pretty good, and she looked at me and, uh, you know, gave me one of those looks that was kind of like, why are you feeling good? And she, uh, she said, boy, you better not be a boy. I need a man. And, you know, that's kind of like straighten up and fly right, boy. You know, that was exactly what was going on there. So, but that, that's wise. And that's, that's part of the problem. Part of the problem is that uh, a lot of guys today are boys and they ain't ever going to be a man. But we're going to try and fix that today. Uh, Husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which he is the savior. That means that he's the leader. And to be the head is to be the leader. And unfortunately, few understand what is required of a leader. Um, you, you know, compromise can get you through a marriage. It can create an okay marriage, but it can't create a positive feedback spiral. For that to happen, both members have to be functioning in what they're supposed to be functioning in and how they're supposed to be functioning. I'm going to give you five, um, five things about a leader today, and I really don't have time to elaborate on hardly any of them, but, uh, but, but maybe this will help you because this is what you're signing on for. You want to be the head? You want to be a leader? This is what you're signing on for. Uh, first of all, a good leader accepts responsibility. Poor leaders claim authority without taking responsibility. Poor leaders, in fact, tend to assign responsibility to others without giving authority. When things go wrong, it's somebody else's fault. And if you're looking for a man, look for one who accepts his own faults, accepts responsibility for the things. He's not always looking to blame somebody else. For what's, you know, if he's, if he's got issues in his life and he thinks his issues are his mommy or his daddy or his sister or his teacher that he had in school, look somewhere else because he's not a good candidate to become a man. You know, a leader, even when something, a, a good leader, even when things go wrong that might very well not be their fault, they accept responsibility because they're the leader. You know, that person messed up on that job. Well, who put them there? Who put the wrong person in the wrong job? A, a good leader looks for ways to allow people to succeed. Accept respons- The Bible says you're, you're the head of the home, uh, that you're the leader. Lead. If a decision must be made, make it and then own it. The oldest excuse in the world. Is this woman you gave me? She made me do it. She can't beat you up. What what what, what did she do? She she threatened you? <laughs> Adam said yes, but <laughs> 
and accept responsibility. If you're going to lead, if you're going to hear from God for the family, then you need to accept responsibility for drawing close to the Lord. Why is it that, that so many in home after home after home after home, it's the wife who says, why don't we start going to church, dear? It's the wife who says, why don't we pray over our kids? It's, it's the wife who says, can we read the Bible together? Can we, can we pray together? Look, if, if, you're, if you're supposed to lead the home, you, you have signed on for a job and there is some required reading in this job. Get the Bible, open it up, begin to learn what's in there so that you can hear from God, so, so, so that you can know something from God. Follow, following, and, and by the way, following Christ is not defined by who you hate. It's not defined by who you hate or what you ate. You know, if you, get, if you get all your Christianity off television or off the radio or off the internet, the only thing that's going to do for most of you is teach you how to hate people. F- following Christ is defined by who you love, by how you love. By this, everyone will know you're my disciple if you, if you love one another. So... Good leaders take responsibility, and they, if they got a job to do, they do it. But not only that, good leaders do what needs to be done. Poor leaders refuse to do certain jobs. Leaders have fewer rights than others. You know, and, and it's not, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I do get paid to be here, right? Okay. Uh, so on Sunday morning, you kind of go, well, you're expected to be there. But there are a lot of leaders in this church that are volunteer leaders, and I expect them to be here because they're leaders. If you're, you know, if you're just a church attender, I hope you're going to be here, and I'll love you in any event. But if you're a leader and you don't come, then you won't be a leader long because leaders don't have that right to decide, I don't feel like it today. That, that's, that's not the way that, that a leader functions. And anytime I hear someone say, that's not my job, I know that their leadership potential is capped. They got a ceiling that they're not going to be able to go past. Now, when it comes to marriage, of course, we have this division of, uh, of duties. You know, I cut the grass, you do the dishes. And that certainly seems fair. I mean, after all, I cut the grass 25, 30 times a year. (laughs) Easy. Yeah. And the dishes only need to be done, you know, 300 to 1,000 times a year. But she has a washing machine, a dishwasher. Do you know how to unload it? Just that's a sila. That that that's a sign language for sila. I just kind of think about that. Do, do you know how to unload it? Any any sign any and also anytime someone refuses to do a job because it's beneath them, I know they have no leadership potential. None whatsoever. Now, this doesn't mean that a, that a that a good leader does everything, but but if it needs to be done, the leader. If it comes right down to it, then the leader has to do it. When somebody directs a play here, if the ball gets dropped somewhere, you know who's got to go pick it up? It better be the director. Yeah. Uh, third thing, good leaders are primarily concerned for the safety, growth, and welfare of those under their charge. Poor leaders are not. 
Those under your charge are your job. And if you're the leader of the house, then your wife, your children, your dog, those are all under your charge. And you, it, it, it finally comes down to you. Your response, I'm, I'm not equating wife and children with dogs, but I uh, thought I better back up and cover that. That was just something that came out of my mouth. Uh, you do your best to arrange things so that they're in the best interest of those that are under your charge if you're a leader a a good director puts people's in puts people in roles that are suited to their talents creates environments in which they can work and and a good husband does that for his wife as well and you know what her calling mm, first of all let me say this there is no higher calling than to be a mother there's no higher calling than that and probably no harder job than to be a mother all right. But, you know, kids grow up, they leave, and, you, and you, your, your wife may also have, you know, some gifts and some talents and some callings for some places outside of the home. Help her. Why is it that the woman's always supposed to put the man through college? It could be done the other way around. My parents did that. My old school, old fogey, don't get it parents my dad put my mom through college that was incredible it's great and let let me just say this guys you know if you got a if you got a woman who's who's really you know got a mojo going on uh, it's great to be the strength in the background I don't want to embarrass them and but I just got to say this uh so forgive me but uh, we, uh, the, the theater that we have here is, is really good. And we also happen to have the best prop person in Tennessee. And, and that's Tammy Dozier. And she doesn't just do props. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff that she does. And she's probably getting mad at me right now and saying, you know, you mentioned my name in public. But uh, you know who I have incredible respect for? It's Chris Dozier. Because he doesn't, he doesn't step into the limelight, but I see how they operate. And he goes, you know, this is a gift that my wife has. I'm going to lift her up and help her do that. And that's what a husband should do. That's, that's, the, way that, that's the way that a husband should, uh, that a leader should do. Uh, good leaders, uh, I've got to hurry on here, understand the servanthood aspects of leadership. Poor leaders do not. Very quickly, just some, just some scriptures. Jesus said in Matthew 23, 11, the greatest among you will be your servant. Uh, over, in, over in Mark 10, 43, whoever wants to be great among you must be your servant. Whoever wants to be first must be the slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to... Be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And then in John 13, you call me teacher and Lord. Rightly so. That's what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should also wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do what I've done for you because that's what a leader does. You are called to serve your wife. That is what you're signing on for. You're not just signing on to get a cook and a housekeeper. You are signing on to serve somebody for the rest of your life. Good leaders 
This is the fifth point. Give credit to others. Poor leaders need credit for themselves. Michael Stewart, who I mentioned earlier, hated his dad. And the reason why he hated his dad was because he'd never heard his dad say, good job. His entire life. Never said, you did that well. And the same thing would apply to a wife. She, she, she might not hate you, but she needs to hear. That's good. Margaret's dad. Uh, I, I mean, it was like walking into a, on, onto a different planet when I, when I went into their home. Margaret's dad never lets a meal go by that he doesn't say, that was good. Oh, that was really good. I appreciate that. And at first I thought, what are you talking about? Because I rarely ever heard that. But then I began to realize, and I began to see the strength that was there, the strength that, that he was building and infusing into his, into his home, into, into his marriage, into, into the DNA of it. Too many males today are looking for women who will tell them how great they are. You know, we kind of already know it. We start out handsome, we get better. And if you're, if you're looking for a husband, okay, and yeah, women do that, don't they? They do look for husbands, right? Okay, if you're looking for a husband, don't, don't get a guy who every, you know, every time you see him, you've got to pick him up. You've got to tell him how wonderful he is. You've got to tell him how great he is because he will never grow up. Look for somebody who can... Send it in the other direction. Somebody, somebody who, can, who can take it the other way. If, if, you know, if you tell your wife how beautiful she is, she will, she will be. Yeah. Uh, the first wedding that I did when we came to Smyrna uh, about 27 years ago was uh, for this couple who they don't attend here anymore. They're over living in a different part of town, but they... Um, every day he tells her how beautiful she is. And she looks, that woman looks better now than she did when they got married 27 years ago. I'm just telling you. Now, I, I, I think I mentioned earlier that, that there are times when people say, man, I wish somebody had told me. Well, somebody did tell me. I heard this before Margaret and I got married. Look at the results. Just saying, if you tell her how beautiful she is, she's going she's gonna to want to be beautiful for you. But if you never say it, and, if you, and, if you, and in fact, if you kind of go, mm, yeah, put, put on a few, hadn't you? You know, that, that, kind, that kind of stuff. I mean, some guys are just thick. Uh, you know, if you're, if you're saying that kind of stuff and, and, she, and she gets ugly, it's your fault. She didn't start out that way. It's just all those years of living with you turned, turned her into that. I mean, this is news you can use, people. Proverbs 31, 28. Her children arise and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. 
He praises her. A good husband praises his wife, knows how to do that. And, but what, what really has got me here, her children arise and call her blessed. Why? Because that's what they heard dad do. Yeah. No, that's enough. I got other things I want to say. Because that's what they heard dad do. Now, let's, let's, uh, there's one other area I want to move into here. So how do you, how do you handle a woman? Well, there are two ways to handle a woman and nobody knows either one of them. (laughs) Yeah, well, okay. Actually, uh, you know, I put that quote up there uh, because it's funny. I ran across, I said, that's funny. It's also wrong. I know the way. And anybody who's read the Bible ought to know the way. In fact, if you were paying attention when we read this morning, you know the way. The way to handle a woman is you love her. That's what you do. If you love her, then you're not going to have problems. I mean, you'll you'll have problems because, you know, you're who you are. But but that's, that's what it says. It says, husbands, love your wives. Just, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't, he doesn't command wives to love their husbands because he doesn't have to. They're hardwired that way because, because they're, they're hardwired to, they, they, they're, they're mommies. They give birth. They're used to putting up with, with, with messy, slobby, ungrateful people and, and loving them. And so they can put up with you and love you. But that doesn't mean that you have to be that way. He commands us to love them. Well, how do you, how do you actually do that? Well, it isn't really hard. It, no, it is hard, but it's simple. It, it's, it's very simple. And it's actually not hard. It, it, it gets hard when you've gone 20 years and you've not done it. But you can change. You can change. Now, there is a physical side to it. There's, there's, a, there's a sexual side to it. It's important. However, it doesn't take long to learn that the physical side is, is not nearly the most important element in creating a Christian marriage. It may get things started, but it won't keep things going. And unless, unless there's truly something weird going on, she loves you. She entered into this marriage committed And so here's what you got to do. Three simple things, easy to remember, rules that will add up to making you a great lover. And the first one is simply this. Pay attention. Pay attention. You say, I I don't understand women. Well, that's not entirely a bad thing because I don't understand why she chose you. You, you probably don't either. So it's kind of good that they think weird. But when Margaret cries, I mean, over the years, I've paid attention. And, and, and when Margaret cries, most of the time, when, when Margaret cries, she often wants me to leave her alone. I know that from paying attention. And so that's what she wants me to do. Except for the times that she doesn't.
And, you know, after, after th- uh, numbers, I'm trying to get 38 years. After 30, I'm, I've got to do the math here. Yeah, we're, we're going on 39. After 38 years, I pretty much have that one figured out because I've been paying attention. I see the other little signs as to which one, which one of those times this is. Does she need me to go away or does she need me to hug her? Uh, when you, when you pay attention, you may actually learn something. You say, and you may go, well, I, I, I pay attention. Okay, here's a simple little test. What's her favorite color? If she doesn't have one, do you know that she doesn't have one? Do you know what colors she doesn't like? Have you been paying attention? What, what, uh, what's her favorite flowers? Nothing, nothing says love like sending a dozen long-stemmed roses to a woman allergic to roses. What's, what's her favorite dessert? Every one of you know your favorite dessert. What is hers? You know, what, what is it that she likes? Oh, and and here's, 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 here's a real zinger. When is your anniversary? Do you, do you have to stop and think about it? Hopefully you have it engraved on the inside of your ring. When is her birthday? You'd be surprised how many guys out there just pay attention. Pay pay attention as you're you're going through life. And and also understand that they don't understand us any better than we understand them. So tell her. You know, tell her. We we often get infuriated by their refusal to communicate and the fact that I don't don't understand you. But we take for granted that they're supposed to understand the, the world that men inhabit. Well, they don't. So tell them. Talk Talk to them. A lot that I've learned as a husband came from Margaret telling me how to love her. And me listening. Most of the time. And now I know that I'm never to say, that looks nice. Because nice is not what she wants to hear. And at first I kind of thought, well, I I said it with passion, dear. I said, that looks nice. And... uh, but nope, nice does not work. And it might work with your, with your, with your wife. Doesn't work with mine. That looks good. Wow, that's, you look beautiful. Yeah. That's how it works. Tell her you love her. So, real, real simple. I love you. Tell her. You go, well, um, that's not my love language. Oh, you ain't got a love language. <laughs> Tell her, okay, maybe, maybe you do acts of service or give gifts or something like that. Tell her you love her every day. Every single day. Don't miss an opportunity to say it. To, to open your mouth and actually say it out loud. And then, well, secondly, I got kind of, there were so many preachers today. Huh? And, then, and now it's my turn. Uh, Kindness, the second thing, pay attention and be kind. Uh, A kind man is a wondrous creature. 
wonderful creature. There's uh, uh, all these are different languages, and, and these are the words for kindness, but some of them, their first translation is goodness, and a couple of them, their first translation is the grace. Grace. That, that's, what, that's what kindness is. And if, let's, let's jump back to those who are looking for a husband, may, maybe finding one someday. You know, choose him for his gameplay, not his graphics. Find, find one who's, who's kind. If he talks bad about his mother, he will talk bad about you. I promise you he will. If he's, if he's unkind to, to those around you, but, oh, he's so sweet to me. Well, that's because he's got something else in mind. And once that's gone, then he's going to treat you the way he treats the others around as well. Get a man who is kind. A, a man, a man who, 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 who is gentle. And, and let me just say to the guys, <clears throat> men, because I know it's not easy to do this stuff. It's simple. It's just not easy. There, there is a lot of evil and wickedness in this world. Okay? And there are a lot of news outlets and radio programs and Facebook pages capitalizing on that wickedness and evil to jerk your chain. And to lead you around by the throat and keep you torn up about this or that. Or how much I, you know, we we got a a fear and and, and, and hatred and stuff like that. And you can't fill yourself with that trash and be kind. Whatsoever things are pure. Whatsoever things are of good report. Think on those things. An unkind man is not really a man. He's a, he's a selfish, insecure, arrested development boy. And if you are kind to her, she will become putty in your hands. <laughs> and then this. Lay down your life for her. If the decision is not, is not a matter of, 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 of you clearly hearing a direction from God or, or a blind spot that she has, I mean, you know, don't, don't point it out to her, but, but they, they do have them occasionally, just like we all do. If it's not one of those things, then put her first. Put her first. You know, what, what, what color to paint the room, what kind of toilet paper to buy, tissues paper towels you know and don't pretend like it's not important go oh dear oh yeah wow yeah i've been thinking that's that's the best toilet paper on the market we need to start using that you know this is an important thing i mean not condescending but uh, you, you know you she doesn't want you to not care she wants you to have an opinion she just wants it to be hers and unless it's something absolutely essential a wise man will make his opinion hers and I'm just being serious. And if she wants a new iron, get her the best one you can possibly buy. Now, do not give it to her for your anniversary. <laughs> but if she just wants one, you know, you may have to drop the NFL Sunday ticket. Oh. <laughs> drop it. 
Uh, the dividends will come back to you. I promise that they will. You, and, uh, and, and also, if you don't remember anything else, remember this. You cannot possess her without her possessing you. The more you give of yourself, the more you will have of her. It's just that simple. So give her all of yourself. Hold nothing back. Don't put anything in reserve. That's how Christ loves us. And that's how we've been instructed to do it. Okay. Proverbs 31. A wife of noble character who can find. She's worth far more than rubies. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. I've got that. I've got that. The, the, the woman that God gave to me has brought wealth and joy and insight and opened up new vistas and new worlds for me. And that's what God intends to have happen. And if that's what she is and that's what she wants to be, I'll tell you that. If that's what she is, treat her like it. Treat her like she's that valuable. Here's what I want to do. Because like I say, this is simple, but it's hard. And another thing that's hard for men is to go, I need help. I'm not doing this very well. Because we just aren't very good at that, guys. I mean, we got the, we got the, the mask on, the wall up, the, uh, the armor all the time. Uh, and, and here's what I'd like to do. Uh, if the worship team could go ahead and come forward. Uh, I'd like for all of the, the males, married, unmarried, children, whatever. I'd like for all of the males to, to come down front. Would you? So nobody's coming down and going, oh, it's me, it's me. Now, the only thing you're admitting to by coming down here is that you're a male. Yeah, and you may have to, you know, you may have to close in a little bit here. In fact, you will. You know what? I am very much impressed by the ratio of men to females in this church. And I'd like for all of, the, all of those of you who don't fit this category to stand up. And you're going to pray for us. Ooh. Tammy, will you come up here and lead this prayer? Yeah, grab that microphone. And, I mean, we've already had three sermons today. You can go ahead and pre- pray one if you want Pray for us to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, to be, to be empowered by the Holy Spirit, to be able to do this. Being a husband's a hard job. It's hard. W- will you pray over us a, a, a blessing and offer that for us? And gals, 
Would you just stretch your hands out? And join hands, guys. Father, we do thank you for the men in this place, God. We thank you for empowering them to be everything that you want them to be, God. We thank you that they're kingdom changers and they're world changers, God. But we thank you that that starts at the home. Father, I just ask that you pour over them, God, love. Pour over them love, God. Love for themselves, love for their families, love for their children, oh God. I thank you that, Father, this day forth will be a new day. It'll be a new day, God. For those that feel like they haven't done it well enough, God, infuse them, Father, with hope and letting them know that we as the women are behind them. And, Father, we want to hold their arms up and we want them to become everything that you've made them to be, God. Everything that you've made them to be. Bless them, God. Honor them, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If, if, you're, if you're married and your wife is here, uh, uh, go back and, and stand beside her and tell her you love her. And you have my permission to kiss her. Uh, if you're not married, just go back and meditate. Let's sing. With your presence, you alone are worthy of our reverence. As for me and my house, we will serve. to see a lot of happy women come back here next week (laughs) because next week it's their turn (laughs) I ain't going to tell you what to do but Barbie will will you raise your hand let me give you a blessing may the God and Father of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ who sent his son into the world to make everything right may he make the things in your home right and your life right. May he teach you to love and be loved. 
And may you experience the joy of those who follow him with their whole heart. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Yeah, we have a full strike. I think you know that. If the musicians are still in the house, we need you on stage, please.